This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chills with TFC. Then for investment point of view, I once said this before and I think I will stick to it, right? I don't encourage Singaporean to buy properties here for investment man, because of the nature of the exit strategy. We have spoke about like the currency issue. Like if I were to bet Sing dollar higher or ringgit higher in the next 10 years, right? I would bet Sing dollar. So. Oh, thank you. Much <laughs> <laughs> ironic, right? right? Yeah. But yeah. Welcome to Chills with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today we head into Malaysia. Yes, Malaysia, truly Asia. I bet uh, in uh, another life, I could have been a single, but never mind. More importantly, <laughs> I want to explore the property market in Malaysia. Yes, I know a lot of you are entertaining this, right? Maybe I can retire in Malaysia. Maybe I can get an investment property in Malaysia. Maybe I should just get my HDB here, but also get a house in Malaysia, right? So, and, and it does not help that a lot of Singaporeans are being served tons of ads about Malaysian property. Everything from Johor to KL to even Genting. It's crazy. So today, today we will address all the big and small about Malaysian residential property. Trust me, it's very dense. I think I grilled the guy like crazy. <laughs> so we will be spending time with Sean from iHeng, one of the biggest digital property platform in Malaysia. And yes, we got you covered, okay? At least Kuala Lumpur and Johor. Okay, Malaysia is huge, huh? let's be real. If you like this episode, like, share, subscribe, and we will cover more. Okay, so today we only focus on residential property in Kuala Lumpur and Johor. Maybe we talk a little bit about other things, but generally that is the sense. So this is Chills with TFC. Maybe before we begin, you can just share a little bit about yourself. Mm. What, who are you? What do you do for our audience? So hi, my name is Sean. I run a YouTube channel called Yi Heng. The channel revolves around property topics, mm. especially Malaysian one. Until this year, I start venturing into a UK segment. Mm. Then I start making some friends in Singapore. Mm. Then we start comparing, right? Then I realize Malaysia's property is very beautiful in terms of legislation as well. <laughs> so that opens up a lot of uh, new audiences that that's why for the past month, I've been in uh, Singapore three times already. Ah, so like, more times than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. great, great. Mm. Nice to meet you. Okay, finally we meet, right? We've been talking about, you know, yeah, hey, get this long. guy on, you know, he's been talking about Malaysia property mm. and we wanted to get you on because of, the, exactly because of Malaysia property, right? I think a lot of Singaporeans are considering mm. Malaysia property for a myriad of reasons. You know, Singapore very intense. Yeah. And then they'd be like, okay, like enough, mm. right? I work hard enough. Now mm. I want to go somewhere else. Mm. And then they will explore along the lines of like Bangkok, you know, Malaysia, Vietnam, a few places. So they want to stay in the region but just not Singapore right? there's a bunch like that and then of course there's uh, another bunch of people that are being served ads lah, by a lot of people in the Malaysia realtor yeah. space yeah. so that's why uh, I want to kind of understand a little bit lah, right? Cool. so give us a quick overview or high level overview of like the Malaysian property market for people like us right? Singaporean mm. don't really know much about the Malaysia property space what are the things that I need to know Based on my information and observation, I think a lot of Singaporeans will think Malaysia is Johor. <laughs> so when Johor is bad, oh, Malaysia throw, cannot go. <laughs> and, uh, then you say yeah, Malaysia infrastructure cannot. Uh, Malaysia hospital cannot because the one in Putri Harbour cannot. Yeah, right. But yeah. just saying, I think a lot of Singaporeans know Johor better than Malaysian. Yeah. Legit. So yeah, shout out to you Singaporeans. Uh. Yeah. Yes, because yes. KL folks then will not go to JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, 10 more minutes I go Singapore. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's like foreign land anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a misconception, first of all. And because uh, Malaysia very big compared to Singapore and every land matter is a state matter. Mm. So when you are in Johor, you are in Malacca, Negeri Simulan, uh, Selangor, Penang, you kind of have slight difference in land law a little bit. And the apparent one when you see East Malaysia and West Malaysia, totally different legislation. And that affects the market. But to me, in comparison... I think KL would be a closer one to Singapore mm. where it's the capital city. Mm. So I always say this in the channel, every graduate in Malaysia will all want to work in KL. Really? 
Yeah. You all want to work in KL? We are in so, KL. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because this is where all the job opportunities are. There's a lot of like tiers of towns and uh, this is where the narration then becomes a very mixed one. Mm. When you say it's good, yes, it's good. If you say it's bad, it's also true because it depends on where you are talking. Okay. So, if we anchor down to KL first. Yep. Yeah, I think Singaporeans at this point in time, generally, it's either Johor, KL, mm. or maybe like Penang. The very Chinese people will go Penang. Yep. Right? So, that is kind of the landscape so far. Yep. So when we think of KL property, what, what do we think about? To me, in my world, in my realm, it's uh, excellent because like in this oversupply condition, there's a lot of opportunities where developers are trying to clear stock. If you are from external, you will look at, oh, Malaysia oversupply, like man, there's a lot of overhang properties. It's true. Oh, the renter cannot even hold. Yeah. Right? Like like you you pay thousand five this year, you sign a contract two years. Within the two years, there are two developments next to it. Yeah. Plop, plop. Next time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can jump or you can go and negotiate the landlord. The landlord got nothing to negotiate with you. Yep. So that's one story. Uh. The other one is where we have renter increasing as well. Mm, right. Mm, so mm. again, because of the topography, we have just in KL, in Klang Valley alone, right? If you're talking about Mong Kiara, the dynamics is so unfriendly to foreigners, especially in terms of research. Like because every street, right, in Mong Kiara alone will have different dynamics. And like Jalan Mong Kiara 1 versus Mong Kiara 2 is like a 80 to 100 ringgit per square feet difference. Wow. And, and like when we think about oh, Jalan Mong Kiara to Sekambut, literally is the same street it's like 300 ringgit cheaper so because of that then it becomes very confusing especially for foreigners to come and invest it's true it's so true. another problem to that is our formal legit government statistics department the latest transaction history that we can get is like from 2022 Q2 so now you tell us oh Q2 last year we did well uh, so <laughs> okay so, too so slow that, yeah mm. so that's why when people want to come into this market right it's a very mixed thing and it solely depends on the intent that the person is meeting you for okay fair so if let's say I already have one property in Singapore okay and I think it also got difference right yeah HDB is one thing yeah. condo mm. is another thing so we go one by one okay let's yeah. say I already have a HDB in Singapore mm. which I think a lot of Singaporeans by the mid 30s they should kind of have it already mm-hmm. right so they have one property in Singapore HDB and then they look to maybe getting an investment property right mm. because people come in for different reasons some people yep. want to buy a retirement home some people want to buy an investment property right? so let's say they look for investment property in KL yep. what do they need to look out for which area or what is interesting so before we talk about areas right there will be like formal setting of eligibility officially cannot right if HDB is watching cannot okay <laughs> <laughs> okay okay no I say what I never say anything because there's a mix so when we do profiling like now I've been into Singapore so often it's are you a pure pure Singaporean or you a convert which is like a PR most of our audience are Singaporeans okay so if homegrown Singaporeans uh, if you are a HDB owner you cannot but if you have upgraded from HDB already then you like on private or EC or whatsoever then you can but it's then for into the minimum price of property within Malaysia. So every state then you have different amount. Johor, I think they adjusted to 700,000. Then in KL is 1 million minimum. In Selangor then is uh, 2 million. Wait, in KL is 1 million. That means the heart, right? Because KL yeah. is like the middle area. Yeah. But Selangor outside of KL is yeah. 2 million? Yes. So I've thought about it and it's to protect the rest of the local folks. Ah. Uh. Because it's a bit more residential, it's a bit more taman-taman, right? Yeah. All the neighborhood stuff. So that's why if every foreigner can buy, gone case, all the property, all gonna... Scooped up, yeah. Yeah, so we spoke about Satya Alam because I have a property there, right? Mm. And buying around their latest launch of Semidis. On intermediate lots, it's 1.8 million. Corner lots is 2.2 million. So first month, right? All corner lots got scooped up first. Foreigner. 80% Singaporeans. Oh, okay. And because that's the limit. So it now becomes, right? If I were to buy as an investment, I will buy above 2 million because that's a new segment of audience that I can target to. Mm. Anything below 2 million, right? Oh, you, you lose out this foreign bias. Okay. Then if you are in KL then, like mm. if you are familiar with Bukit Jalil and Puchong, same street, one is KL, <laughs> one is Slango. Yeah. So one side is 1 million, one side is 2. So if you were to buy for investment, if you have such cases, then we'll go for the one that is a little bit more international friendly. Mm, mm. Like Monkara international friendly. One million you can buy already. And one million in a property of this area, right? Close eye and 800 square feet property is one million already. Mm, mm, mm. 
Yeah. It's not cheap at all. Right. This all. is the this is the heart of the place. Yeah, but foreigner can own landed property. <laughs> landed, then there are different segments to it. If uh. it's an individual title, so it's divided into individual title and strata fight format. So strata law, I think a lot of people will understand as a high rise yes governing law. Yeah. So in Malaysia, we kind of turn this into a landed format. Oh, okay, okay. So imagine so like, like the con- whole piece, you cut, 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 cut. This whole thing is a strata title. Yeah. So this entire neighborhood of 180 homes is a plot of strata. Then there will be common areas, there will be accessory parcels, there will be main parcels. Uh-huh. Uh, then these owners, uh, foreigners can buy. Okay. For individual title, cannot buy. Oh. So from a buying selling experience, how would it be different? Pretty much the same. It's the same. Okay. And uh it's a little bit more friendly to Singaporeans compared to Australians or other foreigners, right? Malaysian banking system is very accepting for the Singaporeans, mm. the income statements, uh, CPF, everything. Uh, so you'll get loan just like a local. Rates are also very comparable. How would that look like? Like so what, like how now much our interest rate is like so that's based on your income. Yeah, of course. But everything, right? Like if you earn five thousand Right, you're a top 20 percenter in uh, Malaysia already so loan is not an issue but the interest rate like we get 3.94 percent you get maybe 4.1 percentage wise uh, some also you get 90 percent loan for every purchase you buy on residential uh. then for investment point of view I once said this before and I think I will stick to it right I don't encourage Singaporean to buy properties here for investment right? because of the nature of the exit strategy we have spoke about like the currency issue like if I were to bet sing dollar higher or ringgit higher in the next 10 years, right, I would bet sing dollar. So. Oh, thank you. Much <laughs> <laughs> ironic, right? right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the main exit strategy. Like even if you earn like 50% in the next 10 years, right, you convert back, it's nothing. Mm. Then uh, there's all the effort of maintaining, dealing with agents, dealing with local flurs, assume, every time quarter, quarter, right? Is it worth all the effort or the return to divide by 3.6 or 4 mm. in the future, right? The answer is no. Unless then this comes in the discussion of channel of buying. In Malaysia, we have four main channels of buying properties. We have the first one that's called new properties where you buy directly from developer. The second one will be the subsidy market, the open market. Third one will be auction market. Fourth will be bulk purchasing, which is this underground market. We go to the auction. That one is the Leilong one, is it? Leilong. Okay, so that means the bank took back and then now trying to just... Dispose yes. it off to whoever that is willing to pick it up. Yes. I think the first two quite easy to understand. Mm. Uh, new launch, yeah. developer discount. I can assume for our listeners, it's the same as their experience in Singapore, right? Mm. There'll be the discount, when you buy, blah, 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 mm. all those things. It's quite standard. Or is it very different here? Similar. Mm. But then there will be this extra discount if you are somebody. Oh. If you are... City uh, Nohaliza, you get discount, is it? Yeah, Okay, uh, okay. Thank yeah. you. Shout out to you. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then if you are like Ansri or... And this is I, something also after having some Singaporean friends, right? We have a status difference know, know, in Malaysia. Ansri, Dato Sri, Dato, whoever, right? So if you are Dato's uh, son or you are Tansri's nephew or whoever, you also can ask for discount. Right? Oh. If you are a YouTuber like me, I will get different price compared to any normal person. Serious? Mm. Oh, serious yeah. ah? Yeah, so but because of that, then on paper, in your sales and purchase agreement, it looks the same one. But all this underground, all this the behind the scene, yeah, all it will come in later. So if we are all competing for profits, right, I'm in a different line compared to you. Okay, okay. So the unfortunate truth is if you're buying on retail property, right, uh, you're buying a retail price. Mm. You cannot get warehouse price, you cannot get bulk purchase price. Then the open one is uh, up to negotiation. Like, mm. I think it's very similar. What's the transaction like? If you are buying subsale, then the upfront payments required, I calculate table is around 17 to 18%. Where 10% it's your down payment, then you have the miscellaneous, like lawyer fee, yeah. agent fee, bank valuation fee, and whatever. So a lot of people get caught, just like my first property when I buy, I thought 10% only. Mm-hmm. Then when lawyers keep sending me yeah, letters, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the uh, problem then in Malaysia is the length of the process. So like a transaction of a subsale takes around Six to eight months on a good one. Six to eight months. That means from the time of listing... Signing. So it's signing. It's not even the listing process. So after I sign... It takes around six months. Then what happens? So within that six months, then uh, there will be all the transfer of ownership, Uh. names and all. Then until six months later, you get your keys. Then only officially it's yours. So if it's a freehold property, it's faster. If it's a leasehold property, sometimes it can get stuck because a leasehold property in Malaysia requires consent from the state government. Oh. Because sometimes if it's a boomy or if it's for Malay Reserve. But foreigners cannot buy Bumi property, uh, cannot, right? Yeah, cannot, that's but, a given one. But yeah. if it's leasehold, then like uh, they will just check. Lah. 
So ah, it's like, okay. like it's like a process. Okay. So that's okay. one of the earlier obstacle for leasehold property why people don't like it. Mm. But sooner or later now, all leftovers are leasehold lands. Mm, mm, okay. Okay. Fair. So one thing that uh, in Singapore there is this thing called fixtures and furniture because uh, if you buy direct from the developer, so be it like what, yeah. what you see is what you get, right? It's the complicated part. It's the open market. Yeah. Because the person already do all the pattern inside. Mm. Then you go in, you visit, visit. You say hey, I like this, I like this. Right? Then mm. I buy. And now come at all goes on already. Everything goes oh. on, right? So, yeah. uh, so I need to know like is there a difference like is there some sort of legal regulation around like fixtures yeah. and you know furnitures like fixture cannot move furniture ours is uh, case by case so you must essentially when I come in and negotiate no law is protecting me I need to negotiate with whoever is selling me yeah. I want this 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 he has to be written inside yeah. is that the idea in, yes okay okay so, so sometimes like there's a hole in the wall and sometimes the owner buys it because of the hole for artistic yeah reason. yeah yeah, yeah uh, exactly yeah and those are fixtures uh. supposedly it cannot move one yeah then when I when they sell right, the previous owner did a good deed in just sitting back up right <laughs> then that becomes an issue yeah, yeah, so yeah. There, there becomes a dispute there so like sometimes we, we call it the stock and barrel here that's a local term here where everything you see is everything you can get but just now when you say for new properties right what you see is what you get right not true showroom and the, the, the thing is different different and they are some like I think after my existence this has gone down way lesser already but <laughs> back then right show units that are made bigger taller so when you buy and when you get the keys right you won't go and measure your uni one Uh, maybe you should maybe you should that's why now that's why now people only start to get oh there's this because in our legal documents there's this dispute clause where if the land area or the size that you get right is smaller or bigger than a tolerance level Mm. you can sue wow okay okay. but who go and measure their unit every day go oh this one (laughs) so uh, those are things that from a Singapore perspective I think you need to take into account because not all developers are that truthful. So like all public listed ones I think in JB all are like the standards is there Mm. but there are a lot of uh, private ones Boutique ones. Boutique, huh? Uh, boutique. So those are a little bit more ungoverned mm-hmm. in, in okay. some ways. Okay, fair, fair. So then what about the bulk discount that you were talking about? So bulk discount comes when this particular project, for example, new project stuck in sales. Ah, okay, okay. <coughs> So it, it just couldn't sell for yeah. a long time. Yeah. You know? So okay. most likely it's due to the ambitious pricing. Then what to do with all this? Because the developer will need to pay the contractor for building it, right? So they need to clear some stocks. But if I to clear in terms of discounts, the initial buyers will get really upset. Mm, mm. When I buy from you 1,000 per square feet, now you sell outside 700. I just smack you, right? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but is there a place that I can tell what they're clearing at? So that's why it's called underground. Underground then is where like a lot of property investment clubs around. Clubs? Huh? Yeah. Okay. So, so there's an investment club around where people pay membership to get access to and suddenly like this investment club then I'm in also I'm a client there like they buy 100, 200 units at one go and then they let down who wants yeah, to take so, yeah. so at the price that they think it's reasonable so this again is an added advantage if I'm on the other side if you're a person who buy at retail unfortunately you just come out from behind la. fair 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 okay okay uh, fair. Uh. so then maybe we can talk a little bit about the different type of properties in terms mm. of like the residential formats uh. right because I think when people are buying a home it's quite clear cut la, or relatively clear cut mm. like you're buying just to stay yeah but for the investment property side of things right is it different countries are different right mm. some places studios move very fast some, some yeah. you need like two better three better what's the situation here like so here is very location driven like we are now in Mong Kiara so this is expat market yes very atas one very atas, atas. Yes. So now we are in a cafe just yeah, now like yeah. you can see it feels like Korea yeah, and Japan yeah. right <laughs> yes and uh, this is where people will pay extraordinary amount of rent that's why in this area if you are in the right street and right property right like three bedrooms two bedroom studios apartments right do really well here because of the community here mm. so because they are foreigners, they cannot own. That's why they will pay very high rent. Foreigners cannot own? You mean they don't want to own? Or? It doesn't make sense because they got sent okay, here because, for one, okay, three yeah, years, okay, five years, fair, right? Fair, fair, uh, five years, I want to buy property. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, okay. And they get a lot of allowance for renting, like mm. all these companies. Yeah, it's true, all the MNCs. Yeah, because of that, then it creates this huge demand for space. But it doesn't make sense for them to own. That's why the rent results in a very high Okay. Amount. What is the kind of yield that we are looking at? Easily five, six, seven. Okay. okay. Easily. Okay. Uh, okay. And because of our interest rate that is around four, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So when we think about properties in Mong Kiara, because Mong Kiara was around for like 18 years already. So it depends on which era yeah, yeah, of I know. building I know. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and which uh which street you are in. Mm. So if you're in the true blue 
Moncara above 163 more and all things like that then it's very very good mm. it's around 6-7% easily but when you get the units most standard ones in uh, Malaysia you get empty bare furnished then you do whatever you want with the unit mm. then some uh, owners kiam siap they don't want to do anything <laughs> and they expect very high yeah, rent yeah, can yeah. I that's not work uh. foreigners come here if they rent a place they want a proper furnished one yeah, uh. yeah. so this is something that the, the makeover guys is doing so mm. this is the company that we are attached to so we do all this and that allows the owners to fetch very high rent mm, mm, uh, mm. and when you look into this and you look into a bear one so in this market then there are people paying for that but if you are in locations where it's more domestic driven these are not a requirement Mm. these are good to have because people want to save money there Right, then sometimes even bare units can go faster in those, those settings because these people have their own furniture, they will have yeah, their yeah, own. Yeah, I want to sign lease five years, but you ask 2,000, I want 1,002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, went for yeah, you five yeah. years. So it's a very different format. Then we have some that is a student accommodation base. Those are the worst. Super expensive. Yeah. They charge the students like macham, my goodness, I yeah. cannot. Yeah. That's, That's why the right. rent here in Malaysia, right? I don't know about Singapore, but here is derived based on the temporary demand of space. Mm. So temporary demand me- means bit. like the students are sent there and the closest one they can get is the one next to the uni, mm. right? So they don't have mode of transportation and it's not as advanced in KL, not many choices. That's why these few buildings around the uni, right, will fetch tremendous high rents. Crazy. So yeah. that also explains the different formats of target audience for tenants in Malaysia. It's true. One of my new hires, right? Mm. I, I hire an editor in Malaysia. Mm. He and two of his friends mm. together are paying 3500 per month. Yeah. You know, because they are renting near Taylor's right? mm. in Sunway. I was like, what the hell? Right? It's like, Three times my rent, right? It's crazy. So it's if you think nuts. about that's why this is also something that Singaporeans audience would appreciate, right? Mm. Three thousand five, right? I can get a semi-D in PJ mm. for rent. Mm. Three thousand five. Mm. So Malaysia, because of the dynamics, you can get a landed house. Three thousand five. You can get a studio apartment. Three thousand five. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So uh-huh. around Mongkara here, it's around five thousand to six thousand a studio okay. apartment. Okay. As we were saying just now, right? They are uni driven. Mm. And there's one more element that is tourism driven. Uh, so all the Airbnb one. Uh. Yeah, all the short but I thought recently the, there was new law to come in to curb it. Only in Penang oh. so far where they only limit to residential title okay. apartments. So apartments in Malaysia there's a residential title ones and commercial oh, the, title ones. The new law is cannot chop chop chop. Right? Uh, the new law is cannot chop chop chop. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So the new law is uh, you cannot add partitions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You cannot add partitions to the union but now they are actually challenging it because it doesn't make sense at all. Mm. And that that's a, a different whole discussion. Topic. I think yeah, we can yeah, be yeah. here for four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. If you love the show, you love the episode, you share, you like, okay? <laughs> then I will come back. Monkeyara, okay? Yeah. yeah. So, so domestically, our tourism is very strong. And there are a lot of times where like market in Taiping, Ipoh, Kuantan, right? Mm. The short-term stay rates are amazing. Amazing. More uh, expensive than the hotel. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because you can squeeze seven people, Ipoh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then another market is where Penang people, uh, Ipoh people all travel to KL to shop in our shopping malls in KL. Uh, uh. One day in Mid Valley, one day in Pavilion. So it's like a shopping holiday, then they go back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and these are the different modes of earning money via real estate in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. But it's very different from Singapore because you need to get to the next level wealth before you can get into landed house. Mm-hmm. Malaysia, like 500,000, you can get landed also. Mm-hmm. 300,000, arguably still can also. But the only difference will be the distance from your CBD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then... It depends on your mode of working. Do you need to be in KL all the time? Like yourself, you don't need to. Yeah, then you can stay far, far, yeah. peaceful, and wonderful quiet. life. Yes. yes, yes. But for us, still need to work one, unfortunately. Hey, hey. <laughs> don't draw a line. Don't draw a line, okay? Yeah, yeah but so, I know what you're yeah, saying. So like, that gives uh, Malaysia a lot of different variations. Okay, okay, mm. okay. So I think we covered quite a bit on the buyer's journey, right? Yep. So the question is always, how do I then sell, right? Mm. Like the exit process, right? Can you kind of paint us some color when it comes sell. to the exit? If you are with the investment mindset, then it's a bit tricky because mm. everybody wants uh, market. Exactly, right? that's why they invest, right? Uh, like all, the, all the marketing, yeah. Yeah. you know, disturb us, it's all for investment, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But because of the evergreen launches, right? Like you see, Malaysia has this beautiful thing. We have a lot of public holidays. We have a lot of property developers. Yeah, right? yeah. So unofficial numbers is like 40 over 1,000 developers. Yeah. In, it never ends. Uh, yeah, it never like ends. In the place where I stay, Bukit Jalil, right? In one month, there's like eight new launches. Mm-hmm. 
So your property that you buy five, ten years ago is not going to appreciate much. Mm. But okay. has it gone up in price? Yes. Are people going to buy a bit tough? Mm. Because when I buy new from developers, right, I don't have to pay upfront 10%, mm. 18%. If I buy subsidy, you pay all that. Mm. And with newer ones, facilities, right? Why? So the game of flipping properties in Malaysia for the last decade, right, is not as encouraging. <clears throat> Unless you are in the commercial space, mm. commercial, industrial, landed homes, then that's where people see the meat. Mm. But then for the ROI, it's not as fancy here our condos in prime areas we can get 6% 5% so you will primarily say you will very certainly say Singaporeans should not invest here in terms of the property they should buy a home yes that's the base idea that's the base idea and okay. uh, unless right unless you are part of the clubs that I mentioned mm-hmm. there are strategies where in Malaysia we can buy properties then get cash back man <laughs> What app you use? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 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 this is like something also very foreign. Like uh, uh. the rest of the world pays like twenty five percent upfront for any property, uh, uh, right? Uh. It's a requirement. But in Malaysia, Malaysians are so spoiled now; they expect to pay nothing after I buy the property, right? And I still get cash back of ten percent, fifteen percent, and I still expect the property rent to cover the installment one. Mm. And are there such properties? Yes, because a lot of these deals are crafted. So it's not open market. Uh, it's, these are all crafted behind doors. Fair, fair. So the access to these kind of deals becomes the main differentiator. Fair. Like if you are coming in, oh, I'm a normal person, right? Tough. Okay. Right. Okay. And why would you want to convert Sing Dollar over? Yeah. So the main thing is still 5% depreciation. This thing cannot solve, right? It's yeah. a very big hurdle. But, but I think getting a home, the mindset is very different. Yeah. If you are looking to invest, it's all about opportunity cost, mm. right? Okay, I don't put here, I can put somewhere else, I can do something else. Yeah. Right, so you hear it from him, huh? Yeah. Okay, but for a homeowner, I think... If you, you know, want to spend money, right? Mm, mm, mm. Welcome. It's so <laughs> beautiful, right? Like your HDB price, right? Can he get... say one, uh, no, I say one. Yeah. Once I hear the three letter, I better <laughs> must draw a line. Yeah, you nah. say what you want to say. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> so for that, right, you can get four seasons here. Uh, 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 uh. I'm serious. Like if you yeah. are paying like a 600,000 apartment in Singapore, mm, right? Mm. You are getting a four seasons experience here. Yeah, it's true. That's and, why a lot mm. of people are uh, entertaining this idea. Yeah, yeah more and, and more. Because my brother is in Singapore and kind of know their life, right? And you come back, right? Why still live in a condo? Mm, mm. Get an experience that you could never ever have, which is mm. a landed house. And so if I were to encourage people to buy landed, right? I would not buy high level uh, because uh. you are paying a lot for staircase. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, fair. Maybe you share with us a bit more about this landed thing. Apartment, all this, I think Singaporeans are also very familiar. They come yeah. in, they know what to ask for. It's quite standard, right? But then owning a landed, you know, oh, like, it's very right. different. Yeah, it's a very different game. You can paint us some yep. color. So just now we mentioned about individual title and we have strata title. So the now, especially in JB, right? Gated communities are like 25% more premium than non-gated because of security reasons. So in Malaysia, again, we have all formats of individual title. The whole street or whole neighborhood is not covered or not guarded. So they suddenly go at the wire, right? Then call it guarded. I know. <laughs> then they hire a guard. Sit on there. Yeah, they then put open a the barricade. It's like, oh my God, we have barricade here. Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the people here agree to do this together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So that kind of solves temporarily. But due to land legislation, the road is still public road where it's maintained by the local, municipal and authorities. Oh, okay. Like your okay. rubbish truck collector, yeah. your water utilities and all. Mm. They will still need to come and access, hey, how much you use already. But if it's a stratified format, everything belongs to the community mm. which means like if any the street lamp spoil right managed by the community yeah, yeah you need yeah. to pay maintenance for it mm, mm, so mm. truck collectors right they will have a dedicated one supervised by guards to go and collect rubbish but usually those neighborhood very atas one the yes. vibe is there got swimming pool uh, uh, uh. everything yeah, yeah because it's uh, in accordance to the same strata law then you will need to have swimming pool Mm-hmm. so suddenly in this format of living you will have a lot of clubhouse and all yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very atas like yeah, because of the monthly maintenance and Malaysians right who lives in individual title houses we are very foreign to maintenance right? Mm. we don't pay for shit but <laughs> now the new era of buyers uh, because options for landed is getting real less uh, uh, in KL uh. so like now the new buyers are all very familiar with the maintenance payment really okay. but stratified landed products then you will need to pay maintenance and then how much do you pay depends on how much land your property occupies okay. and the formats of it so there are bungalows there are semi 
where the plot of land is divided into two. So you have cluster. So it's jumbo within the whole... So it depends the whole... on the initial forma for okay. formation of the okay. township. Okay. Okay. So the architect were like, oh, okay, this one we put it atas a bit, all bungalows and middies yeah, here. Yeah. This one is all the cheaper ones, yeah. the terrace houses. Yeah, yeah. Then oh, this one, people cannot afford really. We just put townhouses. Uh -huh. And a townhouse here means different things. Townhouse here means one unit on top of another. Oh, uh. so it's like terraces, it's, it's, uh. but split into half. Yeah, like it's that. like a terrace, but you own There's downstairs, I own upstairs. that goes up direct to my house. Like, yeah. like I own yeah, level yeah. two. Like that. Oh, uh, okay, so okay. that's the townhouse format for okay, us. Okay. Then we have cluster, cluster where a plot of land is divided into four. Mm, okay. Yeah. So okay. these are very like very interesting typology things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, like you say landed, right? Oh, a lot of people thought it's like link yeah, houses. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So so then are there any cost differences other than the property price itself? Like mm. when I transact, when I buy, is there a difference between like getting a condo and getting a landed? You know, like are there legislation difference, fees uh, difference? It's the same. So it's all based upon the transaction value. Yes. Okay. So it's like, on a percentage. Yeah. Right? So it's like if you it's higher than one million, then there's certain additional charges. Certain threshold. Yeah, okay. yeah, but now almost everything is above a million now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, that one is specifically in KL, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, as we move out, it's a different thing, right? Okay, so now we can move out, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I think a lot of Singaporeans also care about the Johor property mm. market, lah, right? Because it's just next door, right? Yeah. To them, it's like, uh, okay, lah, just go in and stay there. Anything, I come out, mm. you know, and, and all that jazz. Right? So how is it different, like, when, when you look at it between KL and Johor? Mm. Yeah. I was in uh, Tanwi Iskanda, so which is the Medini side of things. So I was witnessing Singaporeans buying properties in a no man's land when the price is higher than KL City Centre. Uh, oh my goodness. When yeah, there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. barren, Sell right? dream on that nah. one. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was the mistake that a lot of Singaporeans made is like they do not think like a local. Oh, there's a question I wanted to ask. Uh. Sunway is like a famous developer, <clears throat> right? And I'm not sure, is it important to follow like which developer particularly? Because there's the Atas one, like the branded developers, right? They come mm. charge a premium, right? Yeah. So, so as a someone that's coming in to buy mm. is there a lot of difference if I buy uh, from another brand that is not as famous but not like shit like not like first time developer yeah. that one is a different story like they got a track record but they're not Sunway yeah. right. do I need to place a difference to these guys or how do I look at them if you can afford I would encourage big brands huh? if you are buying a home especially mm. because like these are the people that when you complain right they will respond uh, uh. So we have a uh, like. Well, you know, Singaporeans love to complain, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was can. dealing with y'all. <laughs> when I was handing over the properties that they bought, uh, I was uh, dealing with Singaporeans, uh, okay. so I know how meticulous mm -hmm. you guys are. Wow, that is a great word. <laughs> yes, yeah, we I know. take pride in being meticulous. <laughs> yeah. Yes, every yeah, whatever. <laughs> Don't go there. Huh? You will get cancelled. Huh? Okay, control. That's the end. Okay, okay. Yeah. So if you want to go for brands who so non real estate people, then mm. like it's people that you can respond to complaints, right? Then when I say something, then they will come back. Because they are a different format of developers that I mentioned, that's not the boutique ones. And in Malaysia, there's like developers that can build 3,000, 5,000 acres. Yeah. Right? And it's very common. Like township developers, right? We every day here. Oh, new township. Oh. Yeah, yeah. 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 The whole thing one. They nah. built the whole thing. Suddenly, yeah, yeah. Bro, bro, it happened already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they are also this type called pocket land developer. They buy two acres, they build something, they chow. And they chow, it can be chow in terms of responsibility or so. So not really, whatever lah. Mm. You want to complain, you all manage yourself later lah. Mm. Uh, so those then like, in terms of numbers, it's actually cheaper when you buy. So it's better for investment. Mm. But if you're buying a home, I would not encourage because you are not here to save money. Okay. Right, you are here to buy experience. That's the target group, I know. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Right. The so, ones that are being served YouTube ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, then, that's the target group. Then when you come to JB, right, the locals then are buying double-story houses. Yeah. Right, and uh, because these folks also make Sing Dollar one. Mm -hmm. That's why the double-story houses there are very expensive. Yes. Seven, eight hundred thousand. But does it make sense for Singaporeans to then buy a seven hundred thousand high-rise versus a landed. Mm. To me, anytime go for what the locals are going for, then your investment will be safe. Because you can exit through them. Yes. They will want to pick it up yes. from you. Yeah. Mm. So I think the common mistake that a lot of initial buyers then is they do not think like a local. Mm. They think everything is cheap because they divide by three. Mm. That was a very common thing. But now I think this message is getting out a lot. Mm. So now people are making better decisions. So if I were to have a limitation of 1 million ringgit, I will buy a 1 million ringgit stratified landed property than a condo. Because anytime there will be 
a local tycoon that buys yours at 1.2. Mm, they're willing to take it over. Uh, okay, uh, okay, uh, fair, fair. That's a good point. What about Genting? You know, recently there's a lot of ads, right? I asked myself, why would the hell would I want to stay here? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I'm living on the isolated, mm. you know? So it depends on the visa that you're in. Uh. Because I think another concern for Singaporeans who want to live here is the visa. Mm. and it's very surprising for me to know that Malaysian's visa is very hard to apply mm. Mm. like MM2H they just revised it last time it was a uh, old that home. easier yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a golden it was, visa la. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. like well, Penang was filled with people mm. with the old visa right then now they want to encourage high income earners to come like I don't know why would they come but mm. it's fine <laughs> <laughs> like 40,000 ringgit per month income like people are here to retire then you expect them to have that income like wow mm. different mm. class really and that becomes a main hurdle a of Singaporeans to come. But if you go to a lot of locations where they don't need that much requirement for visa, right, it will be way friendlier, mm. la, unfortunately. That's why, like, even if you want to buy, like, Ipoh or Penang, right, JB is still geographically more sensible to your mm. in Singaporeans. Mm. It's okay, MM2H, you can take. I think the Sarawak one is easier. 10,000. Yeah, yeah. 10, it's 000. easier than the other. That's the only outlier. Outlier. But yeah. then. You must stay there once a year, must yeah. stay, like, what, 30 days or yeah, yeah. how many? But, but it's amazing there also it's yeah, beautiful yeah, you also. can go climb up there and do other uh, things so uh, yeah. also in Malaysia you've got mountain, river, sea at the same state man. that's why what you highlight is very true like uh, Malaysia is so big right yeah. every geography will have different yeah. dynamics so the same amount of money like again 500,000 you can get a shoebox in city centre but you can mm. get a nice wonderful home outskirt okay okay fair fair but as a Singaporean like, you don't have this choice unfortunately yeah, yeah, of, course, of course unless you have a Malaysian wife Oh, that one different story. You uh, buy under the wife, right? Uh, then you are PRs. Mm. There are loopholes around it. Oh, what loophole? Share, uh, share. No, that one you need to subscribe to my channel and yes. you DM me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't, okay. don't want to get your show okay, cancelled. Okay, uh, okay, I need, okay. I need to protect yes, your yes, interests. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. So, Part two. <laughs> yeah, so these are things that, uh, that's why I need to be in Singapore for events physically because like if this is out publicly, okay, okay, it becomes... Okay. I know, I know. Loopholes are meant to be closed, right? <laughs> <laughs> the government will close it. Yes, uh, yes. So, there's... Uh, there's this difference in formats. And I think another main difference right, when I see property investors want to be from a Singaporean standpoint, right? You guys are very retail in property investment because like a lot of times like, oh, the master bedroom must be you staying inside or it must be locked, right? Then you control everything. That's why you have very weird aunties, right? telling you, hey, you are showering too long, uh, you use water too much, uh, right? That's kind of thing, very common among mm. my Malaysian friends who works there, right? But in Malaysia then, it's pretty normal, like we get people with four properties, five properties. Uh, uh. And I don't even know where my unit is. Right? Yeah. I don't have the keys with me. I'll just pass to people who manage it. Mm. So the format of investment is also very, very different. That's why like companies of property management and renovators like the makeover guys right they are specialized with property investment format mm. owners mm. I buy right I haven't seen my unit before for the, my past six tenants I don't even meet them but as a Singaporean right you, everything needs to be like oh myself 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 mm. that's why it became a big hurdle especially when you want to invest oh. so when you think about like just now you mentioned Genting right uh. if you buy a unit there right so it's for Airbnb only huh? that's the top process huh? to uh. rival with the Highlands yes and the hotels there are very healthy in returns but but what COVID taught us is uh, Airbnb smack every operators mm. right in the face. Mm. So like student accommodations, Airbnb, they will be this profile of high risk. So just now when I mentioned their long-term target audience for tenants, short-term, then we have Airbnb ones, then we have by bid. I know, I know. By rooms, right? They yeah, are different yeah. formats. Then Airbnb ones are the higher risk one. Because now Penang demonstrated this very weird move. I want to protect the interests of hotels. So no more Airbnbs for residential properties. Mm. Suddenly, if you buy a residential properties, so no one will come and rent already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and this is like overnight. So yeah. like the partition law came also in KL. Suddenly, all investors that. Yeah, I know, I know. That's why I know because the there was so much viewership of that thing. Yeah, they like entered my for you page. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, all these Malaysians ranting about yeah, about yeah, like yeah. property law, blah blah blah. Yeah. So like, I call the government very cute lah. So they try to oh god, smoke ah must be fire, mm. but they mm. don't see what's burning. Right? Okay, uh, okay. Then you say one. Uh, then yeah, I say yeah, yeah. No, I'm I a say Malaysian. One. I can yeah, say. You uh. can say yes, yes. <laughs> you know, later my face will appear at the custom. Uh, like what are these guys saying? Uh? yeah. Okay, okay. Fair, fair. So I think we covered most of it. Mm. But one question. 
think someone has, right, which is a bit more JB specific, is are most of JB properties vacant? <laughs> I think mm. he was referencing the videos during COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, maybe if you know a little bit more about the JB property landscape, mm. just kind of walk us through a little bit. I was around before the China developers came. Mm. So there was a moment of time when uh, Medini was this uh, new planning mm. where it was a free zone and it was a participation between federal government and state government trying to make it work. And it was fabulous at first. That's why you see all the Educity was there. There's like six to eight universities. There's Legoland there. There's Pinewood Studios there. So it was meant to succeed. You got brands like uh, Marlboro schools, international schools, all there. And it was doing really well until <laughs> the China developer starts coming in. Mm. And they came in with a bang. So at that current time, right, we were very conservative with our launch as developers. Like 500 units, wow, pushing it already at one go, right? Then you get China developers coming in with 3,000 units yeah. per launch. Yeah. And one company A come in, company B comes in. Another 3,000. <laughs> so if they do 3,000, we do five. <laughs> then got one, oh, they're doing five. Let's build an island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and as a person who hangs out around the land office like almost every day hey got one piece of land got acquired then we look at the map where so they bought C <laughs> so part of that C and they reclaimed <laughs> they reclaimed yeah, uh, yeah. then they became the city that they are right uh-huh. and because of that right it was a promotion back then also like if you buy one properties in China from them you Free get one, one. here yes uh, so that was a big thing la. that shows how cheap our property is like, in Malaysia yeah. how much value for money and or the converse can be how expensive the property is there <laughs> yeah. right? which is true right maybe yeah. until recently got shit happened uh, but, yeah, yeah. yeah so because of that then suddenly the local demands can never keep up I don't think they will like locals will still be nicely in Kota Masai nicely mm. in the Satya Tropicas in yeah, the yeah, right yeah. So the Austin nine, area uh, inside inside 300,000 a very nice double story house why Xiao go and buy a 1 million apartment uh-huh. right these were meant for foreigners and they were meant for Singaporeans it's like Sunjin ma. it's like Sunjin no but Singaporeans don't want to shift in an, another condo yeah right. you know even think about buying a house in Malaysia they want a house right? uh, a lot of people want to do that the effect kicked in uh, uh. when you see like you based on all the initial apartments that were launched all did really well I mean in terms of returns la, no right? no in terms of sales sales all okay. sold out sold out sold out sold out, sold out. so the only agent like I was part of the development team we were rushed to just launch things just launch people are buying so China people buying uh, everyone was buying until now when COVID hits <laughs> access stop right suddenly you see hey who is staying uh? so that's where reality hits la. but landed properties like in the EduCity part of it is still wonderful but this is also when we see like they, when the tide goes away, right? You see who is wearing pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I get it, I get it. Then that's where like the demonstration of property developers then. Like if you go back to Sunway, now they rebrand Sunway City Iskandar Putri because Medini also like there's a stigma to it already. Even Jurong East Mall forbids projects from advertising there or doing roadshow there. Oh, okay. No okay. Johor properties shall promote there. So I like all developers all call me like, like I can do anything. I'm just a YouTuber. <laughs> So they get discount. <laughs> Just say. So when that happened, right? Suddenly you see uh, some townships still excel, still deliver, but some just give up. So you see in uh, Iskandar Putri now that is around eight to ten thousand acres, right? There's one portion that's doing really, really well. Then there are some that's not. So it's very different from Singapore, where almost ninety or more than ninety percent is all government. Yeah. Here more than ninety-five percent is all private. Yeah. And the government segment one is please our private sector, please build for us. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. our market is heavily reliant on private developers to build. So I think one thing a lot of Singaporeans are thinking of, right, or they are, you know, it's like, can I keep my HDB and mm. still like own property in Malaysia, right? Yep. So like, what, what is your take on that? My take, if I'm the government, is no. No, you're not the government. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so, if, so if not the government, are right? Are people then, doing it? Officially, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the, the amount of investment friends I have, uh, most of them, they chill. We go EC and private because I was uh, with a gang of friends to go UK. Mm. Then mm. This suddenly, like, when I was hanging out with this bunch of Singaporeans, right, where everybody has the um, same amount of properties with me. Mm. So mm. your HDB can have one only. Mm. Mm. Right? Then suddenly, all is like, whoa, multi-property owners. Then like, 
Oh, they should away go private. And uh, some of them even do not, have not bought any HDB before. And their excuse was, once you touch a HDB, meaning you are in a welfare format. Wow. Meaning like you are under the welfare of the government. So you shouldn't be doing any form of investment or income generating thing using properties. Wow. Uh, but I think it's fair la, because uh. like, the government spends so much money to provide all you this infrastructure. Uh, uh, uh. But the blur line now where your website keeps changing, right? Not not, not your, but their website keeps changing. The MOP also changed. Now you have the new one, the Prime and the Plus, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, wow, things just get very technical then. The MOP, there's no clear core clause saying that after MOP, can you own or not? Because there will be a perfect exit strategy, which means after the MOP already, you move to Malaysia, right? You can rent a house here. Then you rent out your HDB in Sing dollar. Everything times four, maybe trying to put you more it over. Oof. Mm. Let's say of 3,000 sing, right? Here is like 12,000. Yeah. You can live wonderful in JB. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a strategy. No, and, and I think that's what a lot of people are entertaining. That's why I'm even asking you the yeah, question. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, so that's a very clear strategy. But that but one is a renter, right? I mean, yeah. it's not owning a house here. Yeah, so right? this is for sure can. Uh, but if you want to own a property in Malaysia, then that's the weird part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technically, even if you buy, mm. right? How would they know? <laughs> You know what's going to happen? Your face is going to be at a custom now. It's not my face anymore. It's like, yeah, hey, just change hands so people can recognize me. Like, okay, okay. Maybe in closing, uh, one last thing for our fellow Singaporeans, right? Mm. They are considering getting a home here. Like, mm. what are some misconceptions that they have when they come into Malaysia that they need to like, kind of like, eh, wake up. Other than, you know, buy like the local so that you mm. can exit, you know, mm. all those things. Any last few things you want to add? Okay, screw it. Okay, I don't care whether it's offensive or not, but... <laughs> You're very, very offensive, eh? That's your they, prerogative. <laughs> if you are their target audience, right, mm. in your turf, uh, those are properties that Malaysians don't want to buy. You heard that, uh. That means all the roadshow there uh, is to exit the property that Malaysians don't want to buy. True, right? Because in like local, like for my own consumption, like, I'm buying very heavily, like very active buying, right? Almost aggressive level. I'm still fighting for units to buy. Like units, right, before launch. Eh, Tansri, please, uh, let me get one. Mm. They like you by letting you buy their project. Mm, mm. <laughs> so that's the level of entries and access that we need. But then for properties that is like leftover, really like very long, really overpriced, like mad. Oh, maybe the Singaporeans will come and my tan. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, like the shopping center. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Still promo downstairs. Uh, I was like, I thought you sell so many years already. <laughs> yeah, still promo. Cannot sell finish, got fine some more, right? Uh, so yeah. must faster sell finish. Uh, I because Malaysia got no fine. Oh. So it's still okay. Okay. Uh, but I think that's a general rule of thumb for someone or whatever roadshow that comes to your convenience, right? Uh. Something must be wrong. And then the city square area, uh. that one considered convenient. But city square, right? You all go and buy all our pharmaceutical items, man. Right? Yeah, that's why. That's a different story. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, but, but that one considered convenient. Mm. But I think this is not for Singaporeans. Okay. So that is for the Malaysians that are coming in yeah, and out. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, but fair. now because of the high interest rate and rent, right? Don't, okay. Another thing is don't expect our government to behave like yours. Mm, mm. So I think that's this. Uh, your government uh, should do this. Uh. I don't know, man. I also know. Uh. But this is a very common... I, I'm not from that group. Uh. Just saying, uh, I, I understand. I've traveled, I've lived in many countries. Uh, so I know. I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's this like, wow, like, everybody can be government like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but like whatever you've gone through for the past election, it's common for us. We've been through this uncertainty for the past 10 years I think mm. our history books just got updated like Matt uh, our uh, Prime Minister right for the past 20 years like 4 then suddenly in this 10 years got 4 uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the picture keep changing uh. yeah. <laughs> well, the portrait business not yeah, bad yeah, already, yeah. <laughs> yeah so and that's the beautiful part of Malaysia and mm. because of this information gap and knowledge gap right there's a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. but in over there everyone is equipped with equal amount of information yes and the information is very organized yeah a lot of websites the only reason why you cannot make it that is lazy yes (laughs) thank you thank you for your time thanks Uh, thanks for coming over appreciate it yeah yeah. so it's a nice place any any, if people want to look for you where can they look for you how to Uh, shout out I-H-E-R-N-G just Mm. google that you will see almost every platform of your preference Mm -hmm. YouTube Instagram TikTok Everywhere, like basically everywhere. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Hope you had fun. You know, yeah, and cool. if uh, there's part two, I will look for you again. Can, right? can, we'll can. Bring the, the, Malaysia welcomes yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly Asia, right? Truly Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned all the way after these quick notes for our personal money question segment. 
Before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. Join our Telegram group, follow us on our socials, and check out thefinancialcoconut.com. So the first question is, what has been your best and worst investment you've ever made? Best is a gym membership. Mm. Oh, so cheesy. <laughs> no, because I was... I a, asked the property guy hoping to get a property in yeah, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the worst one is the, a property. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so I think if we go to the worst one first, so it makes sense, right? The worst one is when I got a luxury segment property in JB. And uh, it was way beyond my affordability. And I know how to do it. And I qualified for the loan. But just that within the loan tenure, I messed it up. Then when I get the keys to the unit, I could not pay the money installment and at that time I have multiple properties so I had like people say I got three leads for four pots or five pots cooking la. so every month you also miss one or two and to that extent I was so broke right that I need to donate blood just for free food but every 28 my income comes in the bank 29 is empty just to pay off whatever I can so because of that suddenly you are in this immense stress la. but in Malaysia okay one give chance man. <laughs> call hey Sean you didn't pay your I know God City I know I know I'll try I'll try I'll pay 500 first okay 500 first then this was the moment where I know hey property not for sure make money one. and uh, in Singapore they oh, oh wow HDB sure make money one ma. Mm. I'm pretty confident he say one uh. Uh, yeah, yeah. HDB is trying to change their narrative by yeah, the way yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm aligned with HDB you can sponsor me okay yes that's yeah. It's yeah. a different discussion. Yeah, but uh, in Malaysia, it's very, quite bully people. Right? Okay. Mm, if you don't know how to play the game. Then because of that, I got real bad in health management because I was just striving very hard every day to make ends meet. Doing freelancing left, right, center, right? Not sleeping for very, very long. Then I was a very bad. And because of that, until I get enough after the first two years where my income got in par with my debt. Then like, oh, okay. Finally, now I can, <gasps> I can breathe, breathe a bit. That's when only I get into gym membership and see, since then, what I learned is discipline that matters. Mm. So from there, then I lost 15 kgs for the past two years. Because of that, then the mental strength to cope with all stress became really good. A lot of people thought I would say, Yeah, I thought you like, my best property is this. Yeah, but okay. it's, it's the other way. Okay, fair, other. fair. That's great. Okay, second question is, what is one thing under $100 that's been a game changer for you? YouTube premium. <laughs> Yeah, no more fake guru ads, huh? just say. Yeah. Last one. Well, one place you learn that you think is underrated. It can be a book, a particular one, or like a website, or like where do you read, you know, or where do you learn a podcast or something. <laughs> I think for, for you audio listeners, he's pointing at himself. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm very sad, right? But, but the channel has not experienced any viral moments mm, before. Mm, mm, mm. It's okay, slow and steady. It's, uh, yeah. it's not a small channel, right? So one inspiring quote from somebody that you've talked to recently. You won't get people doing better than you laughing at you. So this was when a uh, moment of time like now, there are a lot of haters in the industry because apparently spoiling a lot of people's business. Mm, mm, because mm. I'm putting in a lot of information to the system. Suddenly, all buyers get informed. There are no more this hanky-panky shit, yeah, right? yeah, static yeah, shit, yeah, right? Yeah. Or suddenly, they, hey, you are messing with my business. Right? And then they get a lot of these uh, lawyer letters, all this track. But then like it's all hate. Then uh, from this quote of this uh, senior within the industry, it's like, hey, you won't get hate from people who are doing better than you. La. So mm. you're fine. Mm. that's why I run this I also run a podcast right this is where I speak to icons of the industry like from uh, feng shui to investment to <laughs> developer oh, really legit okay. I control I control <laughs> <laughs> then like ID then uh, architects and all mm. yeah so that's a wide industry of real estate nice. not only just investment nice uh, because nice. Malaysian we can uh, we can really dream about being a developer and mm. Not me, but yeah. <laughs> we can talk about this offline. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thanks. Nice.